All right, welcome everybody to Dario's World podcast. I am here with Mary Gardner. She is a leadership uh, coach and uh, entrepreneur, and uh, she literally helps um, you know international speakers like myself to stand out as keynote speaker and really um, get all the attention and stand out from the crowd as a speaker and. Uh, very happy to have you here. So thank you so much for being part of it. Well, it is so good to be here and it's been really fun getting to know you and uh, it's been fun working with you and uh, you working with me. So it's been a, it's been a great exchange, really excited and I'm happy to, uh, to join your podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And um, one thing that I will actually um, want to share on the podcast is just um how people that are now really, you know, successful in their own right, just as yourself, uh, end up, you know, becoming an expert in their field. Like what, um, how was your journey to getting where you are right now? What happened for you to ultimately end up coaching people in the industry for them to, you know, be able to stand out? Isn't it funny how people's journeys take them in a, you know, in so many windy ways. And that's been my experience as well. You know, I kind of had a vision of like working in a couple of big cities. So after I graduated from college, I was like, I'm going to go work in Washington, DC. So I just, you know, I hustled, I worked on the Hill, Capitol Hill for a year. And then I was like, you know, these people, they're just so smart. I want to have more fun. You know, so I started looking in hospitality and in sales and I was going to do television and uh, I didn't like the hours, the hours of TV working until midnight was not what I wanted because I thought at some point I want to have a family. So I just interviewed and uh, ended up selecting and taking a job at a pretty new speaker bureau. Kepler speakers, and they ended up becoming one of the top celebrity speaker f firms, and they are the largest solely owned speaker bureau in the world. Mm -hmm. So it was, uh, I was in their very beginning stages, and I just loved the industry. I got to manage speakers. I got to travel with them. I got to see the best of the best. Mm -hmm. um, I mentored a whole bunch of them just because I, I knew what the clients wanted. I was the intermediator. I was the booking agent. So um, I would instigate riots in my debates, not really riots, but just <laughs> create a lot of controversy. And so yeah. um, I saw what worked, you know, from the top down. And so mm -hmm. that was the beginning of my experience. And then just after it's been 20 years, you know, I've just helped people um, uh, reinvent, relaunch, retool and uh, figure out what is hot now. And I'm telling you, I'm speaking with a lot of speakers right now who are trying to figure it out. They yeah. kind of got in a niche where they were um, doing like motivation or whatever. And now it's like everything's flat. So now post COVID, you really have to understand what is going on in businesses. Where can you add value? Um, adjust what your offerings are. So it's uh, it's a new world as we. It is. As, it uh, is absolutely. Totally agree. I think it's also interesting because it's kind of that thing that um, you know. Um, have you watched Harry Potter? A little bit. A little bit. You know where Harry Potter goes into uh, Dumbledore's office, and the Dumbledore has a, a phoenix. Um, bird, okay. Right. 
and the phoenix gets older and older and then it dies and it goes into ashes. Like it goes up in flames and burns okay. into becoming ashes and out of the ashes comes a new new yes. phoenix. Remember that scene? Yes, yes. So beautiful. And I think in some way we are going through that right now. Yes. You know, we are almost like in a metaphorical way we are reborn. Yeah. In every, you know, in everything that we do, in uh, yeah. from speaking to business to living the life that we want, everything. It is so true, Dario. It's so true. I um for myself, I mean, I, I see a lot of people that are spending a lot of time on on social media. And mm. at this point, you're not gonna convince anyone of anything by yelling and getting mad and debating and um a lot of people are spending time there. Mm. You can get off of social media and start to learn things. Um, like I just personally have done, I'm taking volleyball lessons from one friend. I'm taking piano lessons mm. from another friend. Um, another friend, I'm taking horseback riding lessons. So I'm like really trying to like, okay, what's going to make me happy now? You know, what, <laughs> what can I learn? And then um, even with clients who I'm helping to reinvent whether they're executives who are out of a job now, because um, I work with that. I work with introverts who are trying to be seen in the corporate environment. Maybe mm. they're less than um, strong and they're being overlooked or, or passed over for leadership roles. I do some coaching there. Um, you know, you can upgrade your skills pretty easily and make yourself look a lot better. Like you can go to Yale and to Harvard and take free courses. And then put those on your LinkedIn profile. And yeah, it's like, absolutely. oh my gosh, you know, this person has ambition. This person has got, you know, new ideas all the time. So um, that's one of the things that I'm sharing with the clients that I'm working with now. Start looking at uh, PR tools and things that you can do to really enhance your image online as things mm -hmm. have moved more online. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think... I mean, one of the things that um, that I believe needs to happen these days, you need to become more flexible in the way that you think and apply yourself, you know. You need to yeah. become more adaptive. And um, it used to be around the world so, you know, normal, like we got the offline businesses and we got the online businesses and there was nothing in between. Yeah. And now it's literally... It doesn't matter anymore. It's like there is in between, there is online and offline, and there is something else mm. where you learn how can I combine the two or make the online thing my you know my own version of it. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's an interesting factor. I mean, as entrepreneurs, we, we have to learn to adapt. Now, ha how has it impacted you with COVID? Like you know. Has it made an impact on you in, in a sense with your business or have you thought, well, it's a good opportunity. I'm just going to go online anyway. Or are you always been online? Absolutely. It's impacted me. I had some speaking engagements cancel. Mm. Uh, so I had some workshops and everything. I mean, as things were starting to shut down, it's like, oh, that, co that contract's okay. gone. That one's gone. So yes, I have been online for a long time. And, um, and so I've spent the last couple of years really learning some new tools online. Uh, like you and I are on Zoom. I've pretty much become a master on Zoom. I really love it. I love being able it's to see it. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's great. Because a lot of the business that I had previously done was on the phone, which is fine too. I've always worked with people um, around the country and or around the world, but Zoom is so much more efficient. It's so much more personable. So I did that and um, I'm partnering with people that I hadn't previously partnered with before because what's happened, people are isolated, people are at home and entrepreneurs, if we start um, you know, partnering up with different people, we can create something new. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Companies are doing the same thing. I am coaching right now in the finance world um, to teach business development, speaking, leadership. And um, that's a really good um, opportunity is to partner up with somebody in a complementary industry to mm. go out and to do like a webinar or to do something that's to bring a value to absolutely. the marketplace. Um, yeah. So it's not just you, you know, so you're bringing both of your connections, um, you know, and it's a lot more fun. You know, yeah, absolutely. And it's always great because you're lifting each other up, like you're literally mm -hmm. leveraging one another expertise and you're lifting one another up in that sense, which is really good. So in your, you know, now that you're doing all of this, how has this impacted your, your private life in that sense that you had to, you know, cancel contracts and have to adjust things? Has it been difficult or have you found it actually because of your own nature and that um, and experience easy to manage it? Well, I work from home anyway, so that was not a big shift, but I am an extrovert and I love seeing my friends. So I've really missed being able to connect with my friends. Mm -hmm. But as a result, as I mentioned before, as a, as a result of, um, of not going out as much, I realized at one point, Daria, I think I may have shared this with you, that I had 90 people that I wrote down that call mm -hmm. me, text me, hey, let's do lunch, let's do coffee. And uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I had to eliminate all these people, which has been great. So in that regard, it's been really good for business. Yeah. Um, to you know to invest back in the business but now I mean we're doing a lot more family dinners um, I over the last two days like yesterday I made a really delicious meatloaf off of the food oh, wow. and then today I met it made a pot roast and nice. so um, I'm like you got to be kidding me I'm cooking <laughs> so uh, so doing that um, I am in Florida uh, in the US and um, you know, I, the numbers they say are spiking. I, um, I don't want to debate anybody, but it seems a little unlikely that our country is blowing up as much or like gazillion times more than other countries. So it just seems a little fishy to me, but, um, anyway, but it's kept people at home and, um, and also people are not as friendly. I don't think now. Um, so I'm trying in my personal life to be more friendly with people, mm. um, to really um, encourage them instead of just coming out and, you know, putting a motivational quote, I'll actually challenge people, you know, on social media. And uh, it's been pretty cool. I've started, I swim, I'm a swimmer. And so I started posting my workout, just a picture of me on, um, you know, in the pool every day. And now I've got people that are doing the same thing. They're like, I'm inspired, Miriam, I'm in the pool too. <laughs> So That's it's fantastic. Cool. That's great. Yeah, I think we can, you know, take it on. Let's see if I can show you a picture of today. Oh, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I see, see you so at a swimming pool with the swimming cap on and the, the, yeah, the, the 
Basil. All nine. All of that. All yeah. So I th- I think uh, you know in my personal life I am intentional about staying mentally and physically healthy. I take um, products. Um, there's a product that you can buy online. I don't know if I'm pretty sure you could probably buy it internationally. The company's 20 years old. It's called E3 Live. Um, it's a blue green algae. You can just buy it on the internet. It's uh, it's a uh, brain on and it makes you happy. So it takes away. Um, I'm not, I mean, I can sell it to anybody, but they can, you know, send me a message or whatever, but you can buy it online as well. And it, uh, it makes you happy. So I think right now people that are isolated without the physical, you know, the human connection have a tendency or we have more of a tendency to feel that loneliness and depression. And so, um, I have made it a point for myself and, uh, of course I gained some of the COVID weight that a lot of people did, but now I'm like, you got to take control of your mental health, man, because otherwise it's, you know, people are angry, people are agitated, upset, depressed. So I recommend, you know, gluten-free is another thing for depression. Uh, Gluten-free, getting your greens in, uh, getting off of nitrates in the, you know, in the meat, food dye, um, doing alkaline water. I mean, as many healthy things that you can do, CBD oil, as many things as you can do to keep your mental health strong. Because uh, it's a struggle for a lot of people right now. Yeah, absolutely. 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 It's very important to ultimately, you know, to look after yourself and and really, you know, eat healthy, sleep well, and just don't let people stress you. I mean, this is a thing where I don't know why people are stressing all the time. I, I really see it as... Don't stress, just, you know, stay calm, stay collected, do the best you can in your life, and that's it. There's no point in stressing around. And, um, you know, the the problem with uh, the coronavirus is it's not the virus itself that's the problem. The problem is how people handle it. That's the problem. And how, how they let fear and stress get them down and... When fear and stress causes the immune system to be down. Absolutely. That's when you get sick. That's when you get infected. That's when you are not recovering well. And um, we cannot do anything at the moment. Um, The government only tells us what they want to tell us. Some of it is correct. Some of it is incorrect. And then there is in between gray areas. We really don't know if it is politics or if it is just corruption in itself. Yeah, that comes along with it. Um, yeah, I do believe that there is a, a reason why it spikes in certain countries. Um, you know, for the infection rate and all that stuff. But mm. then again, you know, right now here in Switzerland, for instance, we had a, a big, big number mm. on infections, right? And then there was a lockdown. Yeah, the numbers went went down. And now they lose, you know, they got rid of the lockdown and people are just sometimes uh, just irresponsible, you know. They go they go out and and party. They don't they don't follow the rules, they don't disinfect their hands, they don't keep the Mm -hmm. distance. Um, and so obviously now the numbers go up again. And most likely there will be a second wave. I don't hope it will be, but if 
people are keep on doing what they're doing here in Switzerland, going into clubs and really, you know, doing all of that, then the clubs will be shut down. And if the numbers do not, you know, go down again, there will be another lockdown. And then you can only go shopping and doing that sort of thing. Now that's pretty much where we are. We're in Florida and they have pretty much cl- they've closed all the bars again. Um, this weekend is July 4th and it's our independence day mm. and it's a huge day for the beach and it falls on a Saturday this year. So I don't know whether or not they're closing the beaches. It would be a travesty because the numbers are not, um, you know, they, a lot of people are not, they're asymptomatic. They may be testing positive, but they're asymptomatic and not getting sick. So, um, so there's concern like, well then why are we closing? Although I will say I do have friends that have had the virus. I do believe it is real. Um, so I'm not saying that I'm just saying, I think the numbers are a little inflated, but, um, yeah, I agree. You, you know, if, and social distance, you know, all those things, if you're safe and, and clean and washing your hands and sanitizing and all that, you know, that's, that's good. And that can absorb all of our time and our conversation. Um, I think it's, it's, um, you know, these are the kind of things like, where, where do you think, let me ask you, where do you think business is going to go? Like where, um, cause you said a little while ago, you have to kind of restructure, um, how are you seeing like we can shift and we can change into new ways of being besides just doing online? I know you do operations and you're really great at business structure. So what do you think I should tell my clients? I reckon uh, what will um, what will become more and more important these days is customer service. Mm. Because people are sick and tired of all the automations, you know, of all the... The everything is automated. Texting is automated. Uh, messages are automated. You get SMS that's automated. You get emails that's automated. And when you're trying to reach customer service, they just tell you the terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. Quite often, they're not going the extra mile to really yeah. listen to what it is that you are concerned about and then yeah. looking mm-hmm. at how can you... Um, help the customer in that sense of not just, you know, cancel the contract or renew the contract or um, confirming the payment has come in or whatnot, but looking at the customer as an individual, not as a number. And then go, okay, so listen to what is the customer really wanting and needing to have for, for their life or for their business. That's right. And then instead of having sales separately, their customer service needs to get into sales themselves to really be able to go. What you're telling me is you don't have as much time. For instance, let's say it's a hosting company. Okay. Mm -hmm. They do only customized web design or things per request. Mm -hmm. And now a customer is calling and they have a problem with their hosting. Mm. But it's not the hosting, it's the website uh, has been hacked or something else happened. Mm-hmm. And the customer service realizes that because they listen, they look, and they really investigate. And therefore, then they can go, well, you know what? It's not actually that. The security was broken. Your site got hacked. An mm-hmm. SSL certificate would actually prevent that. So wow. would you like us to restore your website, install an SSL um, 
certificate for you and then just update your design so you get, get more leads converted into customers online. Mm. That'd be of interest to you. And that okay. as an example. And yeah. when you are talking like that to customers, you sell a lot more. And what yeah. needs to happen today and in the future is that, that even bigger companies or companies that are corporate okay. need to really rethink uh, their beliefs around uh, acquiring new customers. Because up until now, every time businesses want new customers, that's good. Though mm-hmm. so you make more money of long-term customers than on new customers. Yes, that's right. That's right. So they can the repeated customers. So what I'm hearing you say about the customer service, two things. Um, it sounds like an opportunity to also retrain customer service to add some incentives. So if they can sell, if they can also have the role, maybe not the sale because that's a different department. But maybe if they're really partnering and learn some of the sales techniques or things, you know, the benefits and features of products and services and get a commission off of it, then that yeah. would motivate the the customer service department as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, I believe that that's where it will change because it's so competitive today. Yeah. And people are keep on shifting and changing hoping that things are better at another company and they're not because the problem lies within the communicate, the lack of communication flow and trust building on the back end. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, there, here in Switzerland, I'm with a telecommunication company at home. Um, it's called Swisscom, for instance. It's a huge okay. company uh-huh. like Telecom or, you know, like those yeah. big, big brands. Uh-huh. And my dad and I have been with them for years now. Oh wow. But do you believe that I get at least that I get a call once in a while to check on how things are, if they can do anything better, or if they could accommodate us in some way? No, I don't. So mm. um if there is another company out there that offers the same service as they do at a better rate or better pricing, yeah. um, I'm very tempted to change. Mm, that's you know what I mean? I love that. So an outreach, a personal, a personal phone call, um, or yeah, to, to, uh, to reach out to the customers. The other thing is that one of the things you mentioned uh, is that the customer service and how they're handled and treated yeah. um, is going to be so key. And I know the word customer experience um, is really in vogue now. So customer experience, both maneuvering through a website and then also in person. And I agree with you. I think you're right, is that people are tired of that automated mm-hmm. um you know, that automation and getting lost in some kind of, you know, phone system where they're not talking to a real person. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think that's where, that's where changes will be because we need to look at today if all the stuff that's happening, trust has been lost. Yeah. People are more skeptical. They're more scared. And even with COVID, for instance, it, it just enforces that, that skepticism. Yeah. that um, who can we trust? How can we trust people now? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing. On the other hand, 
People want to trust people. People want to be close to people. People yeah. want to feel special. Right. And so that is they seek out that conversation. Just like you said, you're an extrovert. So when there was a, when there's a lockdown, you cannot see the people. Yeah. You are literally looking for a way to socialize and communicate because that's one part that is very important to you. And so yeah. in the business world, though, when you're thinking about, you know, all the big companies, how many times do they really connect with the customer on a personal level Amen. during the entire year? Yeah. That's in, it, it only happens when there is a bill to pay that's open. <laughs> You're late <laughs> on your bill. Exactly. Or if they want to sell you something. But the interaction in between um, mm -hmm. is not happening except for email. And that is where when, like say over 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, you would still have customer service just call you and see how you're doing like just like a call and see how's it going are you happy to service there anything yeah. we can help you with mm -hmm. and just you then have a conversation then you go okay great that was really nice thank you so much yeah. you know yeah. and that is something that I believe will will be important in the future Absolutely. I love that I love that. And in regards to that, because one of the things that I've taught forever is charisma and mm. personality. So I work with introverts oftentimes and or speakers to deliver a message, but also it's those friendly things. And one of the um, things I'm sitting here thinking about that, I love that to have a personal conversation. Maybe if you start off with a few minutes of small talk and really in this world of COVID, really just being a concerned human, mm -hmm. how are you doing? And even slow down, how are you doing? You know, slow down and be uh, methodical about it and give the pause and, and really have a sense of concern. And then the other thing is that because people are so disconnected, something, a little tiny thing that people can do to connect you, to make you feel connected is by using someone's name. And so mm -hmm. I teach you to use people's name in conversation and it really connects people and um, it makes them feel heard and special. You use the word special and yes. when you use somebody's word, name in a conversation, it really does those, you know, that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe that everyone likes to feel special. And, you know, yeah. when you're calling an existing customer, you go, Mr. Such and Such, you've been for, with us for such a long time. We really appreciate you. Is there anything that, you know, have been things going? Is there anything that, that we could actually do for you or something you like to give us feedback on how we can improve to deliver a better service for you? Mm -hmm. Um you know, that is sort of like that that thing that then people go, oh, cool. Well, I didn't expect that, you know. Right. And I remember when I used to work for a company and uh, worked in retention. Okay. And one of the things when people were like really unhappy with the connection of the of the service, you know, they, uh, they're not happy with the contract and they wanted to cancel and, oh, yeah. and there were mistakes being made along the way. And quite often what I would actually do to get them on my side is to go, you know what, totally agree with you. It's, uh, it's not good. So my, first of all, I want to apologize for what yes. happened to you Yes. and how you experienced yes. it. And second of all, let me give you a credit uh, 
for the next 12 months of $10 extra credit for your phone calls and to make up for it. And I was was like from being angry to, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And and that was one of the reasons why I converted out of 10 phone calls, I converted seven people not to cancel. And most of them would then upgrade or change the contract and get a new phone. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you sound like a, a customer service, um, like, a, yeah, you'd be, you could be a great trainer in that. I know you do sales, so but customer service, not for like sure. It, it goes for me hand in hand. For me, they're not yeah. separate. You know, for me, yeah. the sales comes from customer care, mm-hmm. literally, because when the first sell is literally you're, you're pitching a sale and you're closing it. Mm-hmm. But once a person or the, the customer is convinced of your service, but they're not happy with something and you address that and solve it, they will mm-hmm. become your fan. They'll, they'll, they'll yeah. stay with you. Whereas what happens these days when um, it's put under the rug, the customer dwells on it. Yeah. You address it. But if it's not solved, they just dwell on it. And if yeah. they're not as open um, and they just think about it and they get an opportunity, they, they will go to another company. That's I, how it is. And that's why companies spend millions of dollars on regaining customers' trust. And I yeah. go, why don't you just change the communication flow and the systems on the back end? Then you wouldn't have to spend all that money on Facebook ads or Google or LinkedIn yeah. or whatnot. They because you wouldn't have to replace the customers that you lost. Right. What happens is that vicious cycle. The customer's leaving. But if there is a bug, that keeps on happening, you need to get rid of the bug and solve the issue at the cause. And then you don't have that issue anymore and it won't happen again. I love that. Yeah, no, that's really great. Um, I do believe uh, how you handle a disgruntled customer is going to determine how you're going to do as a company. I recently had a situation where I did a free trial for something. It was a week. Um, They ended up dinging my credit cards, you know, at the one week mark. And I was like, Oh man, you know, it's on my calendar to do today, you know? So I call the company. I'm like, Hey, you guys, you know, it's in a pending situation. You guys just build me. I'm sorry. You are now, you have to have this for the next three months. We will not give any, uh, you know, any, you know, b- refunds. And I said, wait, you, you can't, you know, it's happening today. You can do it right now. You can reverse it. No, I'm sorry, ma'am. This is our policy. So what did I do? I got so mad. I hired a lawyer. I have a lawyer on retainer, but I'm like, you know what? It's, it's not, it's, it was so rude that I'm like, I can't even believe that people wouldn't, it's a state rule in the state where they are, California, to have a three day buyer's remorse clause. And they're not even honoring that. And so I had to do an investigation from my bank and I hired a lawyer to go about getting back this money. And uh, it's like such a waste of time. If you, it's, it's better, like you're suggesting, to, um, to become the person that mm-hmm. is that helpful, like, you know, concern for the customer, empathetic, basically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for a company to be able to train their people to be that way. Absolutely. I agree. I think in the long Absolutely. run, it'll be a lot better. The, the thing about this is when you are in full, I mean, you can look at the policy, but even in, in that sense, when there is a transaction being made and the person goes, oh, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. If it's one day 
um, you know, you go, okay, not a problem, give it a refund. You know, it's not a big deal for the company. And ultimately, I mean, let's put it this way, even if you are um, insisting on it mm -hmm. and the person does not hire a lawyer because they don't have the money or they don't want to go through the hassle and, and they just stick it out, do you think that they will ever come back as a customer? Heck no. <laughs> they no will way. just go, that was a learning, a, le a learning lesson for me. I spent that money on it and yeah. I moved on, but I'm not going to use that service ever. And I'm not going to re recommend it. Not going to refer it to anybody. And let me be clear. I do have a retainer, you know, a law firm on retainer. It's not very expensive. And also I'll give a little tip that people, if they don't have a lawyer, they can go on Fiverr or Upwork and hire one for a couple of bucks, you know, to write a letter. So there are cheaper ways to do, you know, to get legal advice these days, you know, with the internet, people that are, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> online. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I, I totally agree with you on that, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's from, from a standpoint, I recently had an experience like that and then, um, they actually insisted that they're not going to refund me. And it was like, you know, when you get those um, those special deals, like mm -hmm. whatever, and then it says in the terms and conditions it will renew. But my thought was, well, in six months' time, I don't know what, what's going to happen. Hopefully they will remind me on that. I mean, um, unless you put it in a calendar, you forget about it. Yeah. So what happened was... I knew that that was in the terms and conditions, but I thought maybe they will remind me. And they didn't. So all of a sudden I get a note a notification that my credit card has been charged in an amount of about $180. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, what is that for? And the special has run out. So they then literally they just charged me at the normal price for another six months without uh, even giving me notification for email before that happened. Yeah. And I, I said, you know what, I want a refund. And they, the customer service did exactly what, what happened to you. That's yeah. our policy. We're not going to give you a refund. Yeah. And I just gave them a really, you know, there's the trust site, trust um, mm -hmm. website where you can give reviews on, on things. Oh. oh. Um, yeah. Really? So, yeah. That it's... Um, what is it called? You can review companies and their services. It's called yeah. Trust uh, Trust Pilot. Oh, great tip. Okay. And um, and so I got that company there, and I gave them a really bad review after that, obviously. Yeah. Um, and made a complaint. And after that, after all the hassle, they then finally gave me a refund. I need to still double check uh, on my credit card that it's been refunded. Okay. Um, wow. But they said they did refund it. And uh, so Good. now it's like, okay, great. So I will see if that happened. And if it did, then obviously, um, then I'm going to adjust my review. Yeah, that's so, good. That's another way of dealing with it without having to hire anybody. But um, it's annoying that you have to go to those lengths. I think in, in some stages, um, you know, the company should just like, you know, I get terms and conditions. And for instance, when people hiring me as a coach, 
I got a no refund policy on coaching. For me, it's like you need to take accountability as a client. So if you agree for me to be a coach and I'm going to make the time and ultimately give you my experience over 20 years plus. Yeah, right. Then um, what you make out of that experience and how you apply is up to you. That's right. That's right. So if you don't apply it, expect me to give you a refund because you have not applied it. I had a client one time, a potential client said, I want to guarantee, I want you to guarantee I'm going to be able to accomplish stuff. I'm like, well, are you going to accomplish what I tell you? He said, no, I want you to guarantee that I'm going to be able to accomplish. I said, I can't guarantee that. You know, there's a, it's a lot of work, what we're going to be doing. Mm. You know, he didn't ultimately hire, you know, hire me as a result of, uh, of doing that. And then I had another client one time who, cause I, again, I work with people to expand their presence on stage or to enhance their message. I help people write messages. I help people craft a speech, a signature keynote speech or upgrade their, their presentations online. And I had one gentleman that was so fiercely private. And so one of the techniques and tips online about being likable is being authentic and being Mm -hmm. able to tell stories and to be able to share from your heart about your own stories. Because in a presentation, people, um, and in any situation, people justify on credibility, on logic, on data, but they buy off of emotion. Absolutely. you know, to tell your story and this is what happened to me. People, people love that kind of thing. So I had a CEO that I was working with that absolutely refused to talk about his own personal life and his own experience or his family, or he kept everything private. And I was like, you can't, you know, people are not going to buy you especially in this video world where we all have the blink factor, we can tell if a person has energy and we can tell if we like them, you know, just by looking at them and listening to him for a couple of minutes. Um, he was the leader of his company. And I said, I can't even work with this guy because he's just so super private. He ended up taking his, his company tanked. They tanked because nobody else had the knowledge he did. And he was just so stiff on camera, wouldn't get any kind of personality. And uh, it was not me that worked with him. I will say that. <laughs> if he would have worked with me, I would have been able to you know, get him to, to become somebody that was strong on camera and a likable person. But um, anyway, so yeah, yeah all these well, things go hand in hand, I think. Absolutely. I think, you know, you need to be coachable. You know, when you're coachable, then yeah. you get the most out of it. I mean, no matter how experienced you are in the industry, I mean, even Tony Robbins to this day, he still has his own mentors and coaches. And he, yeah. he is a self-made billionaire, you know, helping millions of people around the world to break through their limitations and, and changing their mindset. And so you... I think, you know, one of the things that um, that ultimately when when you provide a service like we do in coaching as entrepreneurs, yes, um, it's important that in the very beginning we make clear boundaries and expectations with the people that we're working with. And if those people are not right, we're better off saying, you know what, you're not ready to be coached. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah, that's absolutely right. I have a, a potential client with that situation right now. Um, he wants it, but he doesn't, there's something missing, um, whether it's the commitment to it, the time factor. And I've just said, I 
because you can't give everybody an opportunity to work with you in some capacities. Hmm. Um, I think um, you have to be selective. And so this is somebody I really like, but I just said, you're just not ready. You're, you're just not ready. Um, so sometimes making that, and that's another sales technique. You probably know that one, the takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, no, I don't think that I, I let, let me just show you over to the door. So, uh, yeah, no, it's true. Coachability is, um, is definitely key when you're going to make, uh, you know, a relationship with a coach. Let me ask you this. One of the things about salespeople, because I'm coming from a background of sales hmm. and I know when I was a high charging sales professional in the corporate market, um, I couldn't listen to any, I didn't want to hear anybody's opinion about my life. So that was one reason why I didn't go into sales training is that the massive egos that are in sales. So what's your thought about that? I like working and teaching sales, but I like teaching it to construction people, finance people, technology people, um, insurance people, accountants. So I teach sales skills to people like that, business development. So what's your opinion about that with egos, with salespeople? Um, you have to throw out your ego to window. <laughs> like you need to leave, you need to let it go because yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, you can say, look, um, I've made, for instance, when I was working for a company in Australia and then actually got promoted and moved on to the next company, um, I made for the companies over a million dollar sales revenue per wow. year wow. just selling over the phone 10 years in a row kind of thing. And, and it doesn't do anything for me as in the ego kind of factor not even when I was like a sales trainer, an acquisition trainer. And the thing about it is sales is the outcome of you serving your customer. So when you got the mindset, I want to serve the customer, yeah. and the sale comes from doing that, knowing how to apply certain systems and, and rules, including mm -hmm. having a call to action, creating the urgency at the end. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, every person is a kind of, you know, and I'm sure you experience that yourself. Every person is different. So you cannot say this one sales strategy will close every person and this will close this person. You have to literally be intuitive in the way that you're talking to the person. Right. And that comes with experience. Where yeah. I used to, there were people that I like would handle the objections like seven times over until they would go yes. Mm -hmm. Then I made <laughs> the sale, but then as hard it as it was, ultimately quite often that sale ended up having to have a talk again to retain that sale mm. because then they would change their mind and maybe get a refund and they couldn't get a refund. And then you would have to uh, nurture them again and talk again, or the, they end up like saying yes to it. And then the, the day after they ask for a refund and it was, no yeah. sale, you know, and, and that's the thing where today I don't do that anymore. Like I do like three times objection handling. You do what? Say it again. I do three times objection handling, you know, throughout when I'm making the offer. Okay. And after the third time, I let it be. Got it. Because if you if I were to go the ego, I will mm -hmm. keep on going. 
Okay. You know, I'll go, oh, come on, I'm not going to give up on you now. Right. I, you know, I'm too good. I can handle objections till the cows come home. Yeah. So I'm not going to let you go till you give me your credit card and down, blah, blah, blah. I, but I don't do that anymore because I feel like it's doing, I'm not doing the person any favor when I need to convince them. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. And that comes for all from an ego place. Uh, mm-hmm. When you let the ego be and you are in the, with your intuition, you get a feeling they're ready or they're not ready. Mm-hmm. You will have it much easier to accept to let them go. Interesting. And focus on the people that are ready to work with you. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. for every person that ultimately is not ready to work with you, you mm-hmm. get two more people that ultimately want to work with you. You yeah, got absolutely. so much more time with, <clears throat> excuse me, with people that are ready to work with you. Absolutely. You know? absolutely. Yeah, no, it makes it makes it um, that collaborative in work environment makes it so much better. Mm. Um, that I remember one time doing a corporate training, and there was a guy in the back sitting on his phone, you know, the whole time. And I was like, "Excuse me," you know, like I walk over to him, I'm like, "Hey," and he was like, "You know, why should I put my phone away? I'm being forced to be in this training." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. We ended up complaining about management. We ended up having a little coaching session about management. But uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I don't know why I got off on that little tangent. Just uh, brought me brought me back to a place. But uh, the, the one I was going to ask you about the um, NLP selling that you do. Mm-hmm. I know that people either move towards pleasure or away from pain. My particular sales style has always been create a vision for a person and move them towards it. Um, and my natural personality is an endorsing. I'm a promoter. I'm a cheerleader. I'm an endorser. So I've been working on the NLP sales strategies myself. Mm-hmm. And um, the feedback is, is that I'm too generous with my comments and my promotion and also giving them vision because there are people that are that away from like they they feel the pain so uh in in the sales that i'm now doing they this is gross but like they say make them feel the pain and then pick the scab and like make them bleed because that's and that's (laughs) what's your philosophy i love that analogy yeah yeah very visual um, look, I think it really depends on, like I said before, I mean, depends on the person yeah. because you have to be careful. I mean, this is where Grand Cardone, for instance, got criticized from people that, that took his, his trainings, you know, where he would teach them how to manipulate people's mindset and mm-hmm. their fallen and emotions doing exactly that kind of technique where... Um, you push people outside their comfort zone. And there are things where you need to be sensitive to the person in regards to where are they, what can I do? And if you're not sure, you need to get their permission. You know, because when you end up coaching someone in order to make a sale, and like I said before, if they're not ready, you end up losing them. Yes. And then not only will you lose them, but they have this negative side taste about sales and it gives it that stigma 
of, of they're just trying to sell or manipulate me. And, and you don't want that stigma to be attached to your name in that sense that you did that. Mm-hmm. And because ultimately sales is just the outcome of, of ultimately informing a person about their opportunities on how they can add value to what it is that they do or want and, and how you can help them get there. You know? Yeah. And yeah. in NLP, there is, yeah, you can go down the path of what is the consequence of you're not doing it now. How long have you been waiting about this? Yeah. What have you lost so <clears throat> so far? Yeah. No, then you go down. And now let's say I'm talking to a person that has been out of business for a while and yeah. started up again with their business. They're already down on themselves about it. That's right. And I go down that path. They yeah. end up crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you need to catch them back up and, and go and, you know, like be nurturing and, and, and apologize. And, and now, okay, we'll go the other way around now. Now let's go and, and envision in how yeah. year 12 months where you want to be. That's right. And how can you get there? And this is, yeah. you know, now imagine how will we feel when you get – and. If they're at a place where they're like crying for you to go back the other way around, takes now far longer than if you would have just realized they're already down. You don't need to scare. You don't need to oh, do that. Yeah, and you just build them up. And so, you know, I believe that you and I, we have enough experience to go with that feeling of our gut Yes. to do the right thing because it's not like, you know, it's not everybody is not the same. This is the thing where when people do like the hard sell, you right. you feel it. You feel it straight away. Oh, I feel yeah. it online when people do it. I feel it when people are going yeah. through the motion. And I've seen it a few times and heard a few times during the month, yeah. months. And I smile about it and go, okay, you can do it. You can practice on me. It's fine. But I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, oh, my God, this is so awful. So painful. Oh my <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh. To the master. That's so funny. Yeah. I'm kind of in the camp right now that um, in regards to sales and offering services. Um, and one of the things that I'm coaching my clients right now is to really to take on that servant leadership role mm-hmm. and to be, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? What can I, you know, how can I support you? Uh, what do you need most? Um, and, uh, you know, I've gotten into several conversations and I encourage my clients to do this as well, to really, as you said in the beginning, to get personal, to find out how people are doing, because I, you know, I think people are desperate now. They're, they're, they have, there's such a lackluster of hope. Um, and, you know, back to that whole, you know, where people are right now. Um, and I always have faith as we talked a little bit about it, you know, always things always work out. And you gave that beautiful scenario in the beginning about the ashes, you know, the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went through New York City, 9-11 in New York City. And this, the tragedy was just, it was mind boggling to see the towers built, you know, mm-hmm. fall down and burn down and the Pentagon and um, the international chaos that that created. But it did change a lot of people's lives. And there are a lot of people that were able to recreate a life that was based on new values, Mm. um, family-oriented. They moved out of the city. And I I think that that's going to happen more and more. I think people are going to start moving to places that are less developed 
Um, I think people are going to move out of the cities. I know certainly there was a rush of people that left New York City right after. That's when I left, was right right in November after 9-11 happened. And so I think that's going to happen a lot. So um, we're going to be starting to, and then the other thing is, is that um, the opportunities that are going to develop now, there's going to be a lot more manufacturing in the U.S. because there's a lack of trust with China. Mm. And so I have a friend who's starting a PPE glove company. If anyone needs gloves, call me. Um, But uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of other um, opportunities for people um, coming up in the next few years. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. That's very true. I think, you know, it, it's everything will go towards more interaction, more like looking at building trust up again. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, there will be a time where ultimately it will just need to recover. It will just need to go and then rise up again, you know, and it will, people will become strong, more adaptive in the way that they handle things. There will be more, there will be trying everybody right now is in a way willingly or unwillingly training their um, emotional intelligence in a way. Yes. Yes. You know? <laughs> so that's a good thing in a way. And uh, it and makes you stronger. Their mental strength too. Mm. It's um, yeah, absolutely. Because I've read that, you know, our, here in our country, we've never really had, or a lot of people have never really gone through any trials and tribulations, not anything. Yeah. really. And so now we've got a bunch of, you know, people that are just cushy, you know? <laughs> so it's like, now we're going through some real stuff. Let's see what we're made of. And, you know, I keep reminding our country, I was born on, on pioneers, you know, they worked hard to get this. It wasn't even a couple, it was a couple hundred years ago, you know? So we're still such a new young, com- you know, country. That's and so, yeah, it's going to be interesting where we are in one year and in three years. I'll tell you the other thing that happened in New York City um, that uh, after about six months after, so let's see, September, so Christmas time, December, mm-hmm. people were so on edge that at Christmas, I remember coming back um, and talking to a bunch of New Yorkers and everybody had fights during Christmas. There was just so much angst and, and you know, stress in relationships. So I think a big message now is really a extreme self-care. Yeah, because, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Self-care is because totally. that's a natural human emotion is to react to the stress. So to be really wary of that, because that's what's coming if it hasn't already. And then for those people that are single, uh, people have said there's going to be a lot of single people on the market because they've been, they've been stuck with these people that they live with <laughs> at home. And they're like, no, I don't want to spend the rest of my life with, you know, <laughs> yeah, enjoy, enjoy the single life. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Why not? People that are going to be coming out. Yeah. So anyway, there will be some good things that come out of, you know, COVID of 219, 220. So. Absolutely. Now, <laughs> before we wrap up the, the podcast yeah. in itself, is there anything that, um, you know, that you would um, want to give as a tips for the listeners on how they can stand out more as, you know, with what they yeah. do? Absolutely. Um, I would say that um, the LinkedIn profile is really core and key. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people are um, when when people take a look at ourself, our person, or our online presence. Really, they glance, and it takes just a couple of seconds to create a first impression. And out of that first impression, people are gaining a lot of knowledge about you. Um, so I would say the LinkedIn profile. Really, LinkedIn is where a lot of business is happening these days. Um, when I stare in the face of a financial company, and they're like, "We don't know. We don't know. You know, we haven't talked to anyone new in, in nine. You know, in six or three months, whatever." Um, you've got to make that LinkedIn profile look good. And on LinkedIn, they have um, some learning. You can take some free courses on there about how to enhance your profile. And just briefly, um, getting a banner done, you can go to fiverr.com and get a a banner done that's going to reflect your values and or your company or your logo. That's one thing. Your, Your title, people are searching for keywords. So make sure that the keywords that the customer that you want is in your title instead mm-hmm. of account executive. Um, but that you're a, you know, you are a furniture ex- expert, you know, or whatever it is that you sell. Um, so do the profile and then the about section could really be about telling a story. When people go there, it's like, what can they do for me? What can they do? Who are they about? What's their philosophy in life? And then lastly, I would say, make sure that you can get some references on your LinkedIn profile and make sure they're relatively current within the last year or two years. A lot of people, when they came out years ago in 2009 or what have you, they got, or 2010, started getting references there, but never upgraded. So keep your LinkedIn profile upgraded. I think that would be a big key. Um, and then I think last or next is just go have some fun. You know, we need to laugh and uh, we need to be, you know, have some fun in our lives because it's a pretty serious time right now. And laughter is something that can keep you healthy. It can build your immune system, just like sleep, um, you know, walking barefoot outside. But that laughter can keep you healthy um, going forward. So keep funny people in your life. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for um, for your time, Mary, and for you know the interview and uh, the insightful conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love it, and uh, I cannot wait to actually hold the summit that I'm planning to do, and you know, being part of it and doing all Definitely. that. It'd be my pleasure. So, I, and yeah, yeah. Always- Always great conversation with you, and I always learn something from you, Dario. So <laughs> Thank I you. I appreciate it. Fantastic. Well, I'll um, I will share uh, this very soon on the podcast, Dario, as well, and uh, also we'll share your LinkedIn profile within the description so people can, can you know get in touch with you as Beautiful. well. Beautiful. Fantastic. All right. Thank All right. you so much. Have a fantastic Have a week. Day. Thanks again for being part of it. Thank you.